All right, and welcome back to the Daily Autism Radio Show for another week. My name is Mark. This is my wife, Melissa. We have uh, five kids, and our youngest cow is on the autism spectrum. He's autistic. He has autism. There's like nine million ways to say it, and um, everybody wants to hear it a little bit differently, so I just say all of them. Yeah. Those are the... <laughs> I don't have time to get mad about one I, of them. I know. There's <laughs> like... Uh, it, that was kind of a thing on LinkedIn this week. It was interesting. There was another uh, poll of how do you classify your child, and I'm like, oh, I don't know. You know, it's interesting that the doctors say all different things, too. Like, there's not one way the doctors say it, so um, sometimes it's like, yeah, that's... You, you have autism, you're autistic. You're on the spectrum. You're on the autism spectrum. Um, and I even saw that too for, for a minute. It was like, you're, you're not on the autism spectrum, you're on the spectrum. Like on the spectrum doesn't necessarily mean autism. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't keep up with all of these rules. <laughs> like all these new rules, you know? Yeah. It's a lot of stuff to deal with. Uh, we're online at dailyautism.com where you can link to uh, all of our social media pages uh, and everything we do in the world of social media. So uh, feel free to get a hold of us there. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, our newsletter, our hundreds of podcasts that we do. Um, hotline. Oh, America's Autism Hotline. I don't know if it changed to America's Autism Spectrum Hotline. I don't know. I'll <laughs> see how that all works out. But that is all online at dailyautism.com. And, of course, you can learn about our sensory studio in Pinellas County, Florida, uh, a private sensory studio, which we're very proud of. Um, this is for one family at a time for your child to go and have safe sensory play, get those vestibular systems working in the inner ear, which is really good for these kids on the spectrum and um, really kind of opens them up, gets them going. Cal just gets great exercise there. Um, we have tons of therapists who go in there and utilize uh, with their clients now. So it's really cool. A thousand square feet. I call it sensory heaven. It's a thousand square feet of sensory heaven. Yeah. Therapists can rent it out to do their sessions. And also um, you can bring your therapist during your session. Yeah. But a thousand square feet to run. Thousand square feet. I mean, think about that. You own that for your session. There's nobody else coming in, coming out, and everybody's like, "Well, how does it work? Like, how do you have your own private access code?" Um, it's just you going in there and 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 enjoying it. So it's been it's been a super cool experience. I love it. Um, dailyautism.com, and again, you can see all the videos of Cal playing um, on all of our social channels. I think it's um, really, really cool. Uh, real quick, thank you to Ling Huang, uh, the CEO of Technology North. I want you to see this documentary on YouTube. It's called Cliff 20. It's totally free. Um, it's like 24 minutes long, too, which I love. It's so well done, but um, Ling is um, an entrepreneur, and he has figured out a way uh, to, I shouldn't even just say figured out a way, but he's created not only a technology but really an environment for young adults on the spectrum to have employment, but also to feel needed, to feel like they belong. Um, it's been really cool to watch Ling build this. Um, and obviously, I, this is something that's going to go global. And so I think this is a, a super cool thing. But it's Cliff 20 on the spectrum uh, or uh, a life on the spectrum. So that is available on uh, YouTube. I want you to check that out. Technology North is Ling's company, so technologynorth.net to see what Ling's doing. Um, I want to play this uh, news story out of Florida. I hate these stories. Gosh, I mean, it's just you can't get away from them out of the, the public school systems. Um, but listen to this, and then we will uh, discuss. 
She and her aide allegedly tied a nonverbal student with autism to a chair for an hour. Investigators say surveillance video shows the teacher Karina Chindamo and her assistant tie the wrist of the child with a rope attached to the chair and then took turns sitting on the chair. The school's principal notified the child's mother about what happened. They put him in harm's way worse than anything with him being tied up, him having seizures, him, you know, things that go on with him. If you guys did, couldn't handle my child, you should just call me. The school district of Manatee County calls the details of the incident as described in the police report disturbing and reprehensible. Chindamo is being charged with false imprisonment and police are looking for her aid. Can you believe this? I mean, 2024, um, Cameras in the classroom, and this is still going on. That makes me furious. Isn't that unbelievable? Like furious. I, I came across that news story yesterday, and I was like, I am going to put that on the radio show just because it's. I I do a, I do a lot of this honestly, just so parents of really typical kids can try to understand the things that are on our minds all the time. Because like this mom said, I mean, this is a nonverbal student, and you're tying kids to chairs and then sitting on them. Yeah. It's it's awful. And then that kid has seizures, she yeah, said. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I just feel, not only do I feel awful for the parents, but that child, like, can't speak and say no. how they're feeling. Yeah. Somebody, it's, I put that on the, our TikTok channel and, you know, somebody wrote the, the, the harm done to that kid, not just in the moment, you know, because that happened, you know, I mean, any kid, you're tying him to a chair and you're sitting on him and who knows how you're talking to him while you're doing that. I mean, you're, you're not saying nice things while you're doing that. Right. But then the harm that, that extends for days, weeks, months, years, who knows how long after that, you know, when they see a chair or somebody sitting down in a chair or if they see, you know, I don't know, you walk out of your garage, you see rope or something, you know, like kind of the flashback that you're going to get on that and, and the harm. It's traumatic. Yeah. I mean, it's brutal. So um, I don't know. When people say, oh, you know, why isn't, why isn't, why are you so nervous about the public school system? Why are you so nervous about sending your child to school? It's like, well, those stories, that, those stories right there. And, and then they say, well, that could happen to anybody. But I don't, that, you don't hear a lot of that happening to neurotypical kids. I'm sure things happen there. It's like the teacher went above and beyond. But you don't hear about, because that, that child could fight back neurotypical or scream. Right. Right. Or say stop or no. But most importantly, like you said, that child can go tell their mom or exactly. go tell another teacher. Yeah. But nonverbal on the spectrum seizures. Um, no, they can't. They can't do it. Well, even Cal, I mean, he can speak, but he wouldn't know how to describe that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It would come out in, you know, short anger or something or short word burst. And we it would take forever probably to understand like what he was actually saying. Yeah. You know? A lot of what he does when he doesn't, like, if, if there's something where he doesn't want to be, it's just kind of like, no, no, no. But you don't necessarily get the reason why. Yeah, right? exactly. So it would be. Well, and another thing is just because a child's nonverbal doesn't mean they can't hear. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. So like you said, those people aren't saying nice things. Yeah. I mean, they understand. Um, they just necessarily can't process in communication to what's going on. But, you know, it's it, you obviously know the teacher's aide's doing something wrong because at the end of the news report, they're like, police are still looking for the teacher's aide. It's like, well, OK, <laughs> you took off. Right. So, you know, you did something wrong. But again, it's like I guess the good part of the story. And I, and I mentioned that in the in the TikTok in the video was, first off, the principal, like they said, uh, called called the police and called the parents because there was a lot of this going on for years where the parents found out like months later, months later, and the police were never called. So That's at least awful. the police got involved. The parents were notified. But the one part of the story that I liked was like, oh, and there's cameras 
in this classroom. It's like, okay, well, that's a good start because most of, most of them don't. So that was good to hear that there were. Yeah. Because they would have never found out. So the problem is, is if a child needs, well, number one, if, if there's people working in the classroom, doesn't mean they necessarily understand autism or special needs. And then number two, if you have a one-on-one, if a child needs that, they don't have to be trained. Right. And so if there's any schools fighting for therapists to get in, it's like, you do need your therapist. You do need someone that understands. Because it's like you said, like, like the mom said, if you can't handle my kid, just call me. There was a... Right. Yeah. I mean, if something's going on and you're, it's out of your control, call me. I'll come right there. I'll help. Yeah. I'll get my kid out. You know, do what I have to do. There was a story sometime last year where the, the, the aide, so basically the assistant to the teacher, he had not done any of whatever classes and whatever he needed to be in this, um, you know, program for kids on the spectrum. He hadn't done any of it. None of it. He, oh never, my gosh. he never went. He never had the train. He didn't do anything. And he wound up, I think, throwing a, a kid to the floor. And they did have that on video. And then they investigated. They're like, he shouldn't even have been there. He never showed up to any of his stuff. And nobody said a word. Like, oh they had no idea. Sounds like he wasn't the right guy anyway. But, I mean, you know, it's just, where are the checks and balances in, in, in those systems? So, And it does take a level of training. I mean, you have to be very patient. I mean, this is a special thing. Yeah, and I think, too, it, it also takes a special kind of person. Like, you can get the training and check the box, but at the end of the day, you got to be a special kind. It's like a police officer. Like, you just can't go through the training. You got to be the right kind of person, right? Like, it's, right. you know, it, you can't be like, I sat in this training uh, or I ran a mile and I'm good. I can do this now. No, nah, we need to talk more. Like, right. you got to make sure you really understand. Um, and, and that's a tough job. I'm not trying to say it's not, but you got to be the right kind of person or else these things happen. And now what's going to happen? I mean, that, they're probably going to jail. You yeah. Know? I mean, they're probably going to jail and, and they should. So, I mean, you can't, first off, you can't abuse a kid, but to plan it out. I mean, this wasn't something where it's like you got mad and pushed the kid. You had to take your, you had to think about, I'm going to go find a rope. I'm going to tie this kid to the chair. I'm going to sit on this kid multiple times. I mean, this, this, was a, this was a process that kept going and took thought. And all through the process of doing this, you had to keep thinking about the next thing you were going to do. So this wasn't just like you got mad and shoved a kid. You know, this was something. I mean, Yeah, you, you planned to bring the rope. I was going to say, you don't just see rope in school, do you? That's not like a rope, no. a rope environment. No, but it's not one person. It's two. Yeah. I mean, that's ridiculous. Like, I don't, I don't. I don't remember the last time I've walked into any of our kids' schools and just seen rope hanging around. When do you see rope anyway? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't even... I mean, you have to go buy it. Yeah. It's not just anywhere. I don't think we have rope in our house. It's I, not I, even in the garage. Yeah, I, mean. I don't think I have rope. So, uh, yeah, that's... um. I, I bring that up, again, just to these stories. I mean, I think I hear about them less, thankfully. They're still out there. Um, they you know There's got to be a better job done, but this is why a lot of parents... Um, really get concerned about the public school system and what's going on. And this doesn't necessarily, I'm not saying that this wouldn't happen outside of a public school. It's just this story and a teacher's aide, like you said, it's two people. And so, you know, that is, that is a story and that's, that is what is going on. All it's right. 2024 though. Like, do you really expect to get away with it? Well, and that's my point. I too. mean, there's cameras, there's phones, there's. Yeah. And that, that's my point on the cameras. It's like, First off, like you said, 2024, you shouldn't, everything we're doing is somehow being recorded. Yeah. Even us doing this radio show right now is being recorded. Of course, we're doing that intentionally. But while it's being aired and broadcasted on all of these radio stations, it's also being recorded on all these other devices. Right. So 
When you go walking to like CVS or the gas station, you're being recorded. Oh, yeah. When you're at the stoplight, they're record. Everything is being recorded. Like, you shouldn't expect th- the way you act should be that you're expecting to watch how you're acting later. Oh, yeah. You know, I was watching uh, the other day. I was, at the, I was at some of the flag football fields um, doing some evaluations with the kids. And I have to remind myself because I, I coach sometimes. But I was at this other league where these coaches were having a disagreement and they were being filmed by by parents. Wow. And you just have to understand how you're conducting yourself. People are watching and they're recording. And the crazy thing is, is like there's a lot of people who like can't wait for you to mess up. Yeah. They can't wait to get it on tape for you to go. I think this is, a, is not going to be a good situation. I think this person's acting weird and I want to get it and they'll get it. And that, let me tell you something, if, if people want, that'll never go away, ever. Yeah. You know what? You might have the worst 30 seconds of your life coaching or doing whatever, and that might be, it will never go away if people want it to never go away. Yeah. So you got to really, I got to tell myself that all the time. I'm like, just, this is, <laughs> you got to really, you know what I mean? It, well, our son was telling us a story the other day and I had to tell him like one thing, one mess up can change your whole life. Whole life. Yeah. Everything. And so, and it wasn't always like that, obviously, but, but now it is. And then, so I don't always say that as in a bad way, because sometimes people, it needs to be recorded and go, all right, this, this is, something's not right here. Like in this situation here, those people don't need to be in a classroom. Actually, they don't even need to be around kids. Yes, exactly. So, but it's just the kind of thing where you just have to always think to yourself, am I doing the right thing? And someone's probably going to see this. Do I want to see this again? Do I want other people to see this? You got to, you got to always ask yourself. All right. Let's talk about poop. I know it's different. It's weird. It's I, it was weird at first. It was weird at first when I had to start saying this, but now I totally, I, I totally get it. Growing up prebiotics by Begin Health. Um, listen, it, prebiotics are not the same as probiotics. It did take me a second to learn and understand this, but I'm glad I did. Prebiotics are basically the food that the probiotics need. So the prebiotics keep the probiotics happy. Think about that. What happens yeah. when you don't eat? You're not very happy. No. <laughs> no, I know you're not happy at all. So uh, that's basically what the prebiotics do. This is a great, fantastic company because our kids, our ASD kids, they have those sensitive tummies and really um, they have gut issues. I mean, Cal, we talk about it. it he's he's had uh, times in his life really bad gut. Early and, on. I mean, bad, right? So he had to go to the hospital. Yeah. Like, we had no idea. He was just, it was like concrete being mixed in his in his tummy. So we had to get his poop right. We had to get um, everything right, uh, just the health of his of his intestinal system right. And so growing up healthy prebiotics, these, I'm telling you, this is, they have mastered this formula because cow cannot detect it. We mix it in his water. Um, there's no texture issue. Sometimes, sometimes there's things like that. And then he'll like, He'll like lick his lips like he knows something's not right. Yeah, this dissolves. You can't you can't feel the particles. Or see it. Yes, and it's flavorless. Sometimes he'll look at his stuff. Yeah. Like he'll stare at it, and I'm like, oh, boy, here we go. But he doesn't. Um, also, the same formula as found, um, the molecular structure is found in breast milk. So we are very happy he gets this from Begin Health. Get our discount on this. If you're going to research this order, just, you might as well just get our discount, dailyautism.com, and click on the Begin health button. Again, prebiotics, which are keeping the probiotics healthy. Um, Again, the gut issues, they call it the second brain. They call it the second brain, the gut. And when you have a happy tummy, um, you know, you you have a better chance at you yourself being happy. So um, I think this is something really, really good to look at. 
dailyautism.com. Click on the Begin Health button for those growing up prebiotics. So I wanted to talk um, about this. So I'm doing this research study on autism, and I've launched this survey, which I'm really proud of. It's got a lot of people who have weighed in on this, and I think these are really important questions. At the end of this survey, just to let you know, the goal is to create this autism awareness program for either like local city governments, counties, cities, um, or it could be rec centers, anything in the community where you may come across families who have a child on the spectrum. And so what I thought was we would go over some of the initial data we've gotten, because I think it's interesting. Yeah. And and, kind of and kind of talk about the surprising aspects or some maybe some of it's not surprising, um, but how we could, you know, get into it. Um, and you can link to the survey at autismsurvey.com. So autismsurvey.com, there's like 15 questions. This should take you two minutes. Um, but I wanted to go through these initial questions and I'll I'll speed by the obvious, like, you know, are you male or female? How old are you? Those kind of things. Um, but I, I want to mention that as of now, and we have hundreds of people that have weighed in on this, 86% of this survey has been done by a family member of an individual with autism. So 86%. So this is, you know, this is mom and dad, aunt, uncle, you know, maybe they, and that's not caregiver because that's a separate, um, a separate category. Um, and that actually is uh, 4.8% of this survey. So the first question was the current level of autism awareness in your community is appropriate. So it's like, I like what's going on in my community. I think everything is good. Um, strongly disagree or somewhat disagree. We are at 67%. So we have a majority of people. That's how these surveys were. So we have a majority of people that disagree that the current level of autism awareness in the community is appropriate. I actually thought the number would be higher. Yeah. And listen, we're biased, right? We have a, we have a child with autism. So, you know, but I was like, Hmm, now the not sure on that was 15.8%. So if you add that in, I mean, you're talking about basically 80% of the survey is either not sure or, or totally disagrees. But the only reason I said that was because honestly, like before Cal was diagnosed, I don't know that I've ever heard about autism in our community. Like, I don't even... I think most people don't know about it. Yeah. So, and maybe that's the design of the community. I mean, I don't know. That's the research that, I mean, I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure that part out, obviously. When I heard it from, for the first time from a professional talking about our son, I literally was like, I have no idea what that means. Yeah. When you called me and said, they're talking about autism and I'm like, autism. I mean, I've heard of it. I know I've heard of it, but I... Is that the thing where, and then I thought about the movie, Rain Man. I told you that's the first thing I thought about. I was like, that's the thing in the movie from, yeah. from the 80s. I mean, I couldn't, yeah. even, I couldn't even like, so yeah, I was like, I haven't heard. And, and again, I don't know what it looks like, a community awareness. I mean, it's not like you have to have a sign that says we're aware of autism. I don't know what it is, but all right, so we're about 80% of the community um, that, you know, isn't really sure or believes that there's not enough awareness. Um, that's literally how daily autism got started. Because I'm like, we need to tell people about this. Because most people don't know. Oh, even, I mean, even our parents, you know, like, ed- just educating people, making people aware. Yeah, I, I actually think our parents know less now than three years ago. I, I think they're more confused now than three years ago. Be- well, they are. Yeah. they're not involved, really. Well, it, it, I think a lot of it's like, a, it's like a stress for them now. Like, they don't even want to talk about it. They want to ignore it. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. he's fine. He's fine. 
which is a whole nother radio show and podcast. And I think we've done that one before. We should do it again, actually, though, coming up because there's so many new audience. There's so much new audience coming. And so, yeah, we should. Yeah. This is such a challenge too. when I did morning radio. It's like, oh, we talked about that last week. I'm like, I know, but like five different things have happened since then. We got to kind of revisit it a little bit. You know what I mean? Right. So it's like sometimes we think like, oh, we did that back in like episode 73. It's like, yeah, we're like 100 episodes past that now. Like we I know. Have, so we we should, should actually start like from the beginning. <laughs> I know. I was actually FaceTiming my mom to show her the studio. And she's like, Cal, Cal. I'm like, he's he doesn't know who you are. Like, and he's not going to respond to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's all so fake with some parents. And, I know. and this isn't like bashing our parents. It's just, this, it's real. Yeah. And we hear this from a lot of people. Like, we know this is, I'm not going to say it's common, but it's, it happens a lot where the parents are like, you're either like an awesome grandparent. I've actually heard stories where it's like, yeah, my, my, my mom or dad was like an okay grandparent, whatever. And then my child, one of our kids got diagnosed with autism and they've been like super grandparents. Like they're so involved. Yeah. You know, well, that's amazing. It's great. Yeah. And then I'm like, stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> I actually was on a special needs page this morning and I saw somebody write, I just joined this group because I don't have any support raising my child with special needs who's five. Yeah. And that support is family, you know? Yeah. I've seen people say they, they the child was diagnosed with autism. The mom or the dad left. Somebody left the house. They split. They got divorced. The in-laws obviously didn't help, and their own parents basically were like, we don't want anything to do with this anymore. So you yeah. got a single parent who's basically, um, everybody just left them. Yeah, and I've heard people use the word disowned. Yeah. It's, it's bad. exactly right. It's bad. but And it happens a lot. All right, back to the survey. <laughs> Autism survey. But that's why I like these surveys, because it gets people talking, right? It gets you talking about yeah. stories. You know, you got to have the right questions or whatever. Autismsurvey.com, uh, if you want to fill this out. So the, so one of the other questions, what is the biggest challenge in supporting someone with autism? So I put in a couple of the predetermined responses, housing, medical insurance, education, and food assistance. I was stunned that 44 point, almost half the survey came back education. I was convinced housing. Oh, yeah. But education. And so it goes to show that these parents are just dying to find their child in appropriate education. And we just played the news clip yeah. like, like 10 minutes ago from the school. That wasn't good. No. So, so I'd say that, that if that mom was filling out this survey, she would say, uh, yes, education's an issue because her child was being tied up. So yeah. That, so that's an issue. That's that's not a part of a healthy, um, you know, education. The second on that list was medical insurance, and we do hear that a lot. My child can't get access to therapies. Um, you know, my child's trying to get Medicaid. A lot of these parents they lose income. It's hard to you know. So uh, we, we we do definitely um, hear that a lot. And then third on that was housing, uh, and that what came back at six percent. And then um, food assistance was uh, just after that. That was actually uh, the least out of those four, obviously. But education at half and medical insurance at 15% of being the biggest challenge. So, you know, I think that's that really shows. And again, it's not intentional. I don't think people who are part of the public school system are like, hey, we're going to make this really tough for kids with special needs. It's not that. It's just that the rate of diagnosis has gone up. It's just it, it's it, it's exploded. Right. And then the school system hasn't thought about it. They can't deal with it. But I think that's important for policymakers to think about. Half of people in the community who are parents to somebody on the spectrum, they don't think that they can get a good education. Yeah. That's that's big. That is big. You know, that's a big thing. Um, 
Another question, local policies are effective in supporting individuals with autism and their families. Uh, 38% strongly um, disagree. I'm sorry, 25% strongly disagree. 38% disagree. Um, so you've got basically over 60% um, that do not agree that policies are affecting the current policies. By the way, the strongly agree on that, so the total other end is 2%. Again, this is over 80%, 85% of the surveys being done by parents or somebody you know that, that uh, lives with or cares for somebody with autism. Talked a little bit about law enforcement, and because that's, that's always an issue. And um, the statement was, there is adequate specialized training for police officers who may interact with autistic people in the community. Strongly disagree was 28%. Disagree, 26%. Not sure, 40%. So you've got basically um, this entire survey either isn't sure or disagrees with that. Um, strongly agree was only 2 uh, I'm sorry, 3.4%. And I will say, like where we live in Florida, they, they have, in the last year or two, they have put more officers on the streets that are trained. But, yeah. I, but I think with this, so it's basically saying that they have to do a better job marketing it, like explaining to the community what they're doing. Yeah, that's important. Because they're doing it. I've, I've gone to like council meetings and I've even gone and spoke at them and stuff. They're really allocating money and budget to get specially. So they have officers and then they'll have um, mental health, basically counselors. I don't know if that's the perfect word for it. But we'll go out on some of these calls with these officers. You know, if somebody calls and says, hey, my son, he's autistic, having a meltdown, I need help. They'll send a police officer, but they'll also send a counselor to help. Yeah. So they're doing that. It's just, they do they probably need to do more? Yeah. But they also probably need to market and tell people in the community, the residents, that they're doing it. So I think that's something that um, could be worked on is helping how to, how to market it. Uh, I want to talk real quick about the Lift Academy in Clearwater, Florida. Brand new campus opened this year. Uh, it is absolutely awesome. And ninety-five, over 95% of their students are on a scholarship. And the Lift Academy can walk you through that entire process. So they can help get that done. Liftfl.org. I can't even explain the building and what they did and just... You, if I explain it, it's just not going to do it justice. You should get online and look, and really you should see a tour. But this is kind of like the mecca um, for neurodiverse students to go to. I love their stances just um, on bullying and just being inclusive with, with everybody uh, in the classrooms and the instruction and just their, their overall goals. Lift Academy, again, brand-new campus in Clearwater, Florida. Um, they are ready to go. A lot of cool events coming up. They have a they have a big golf event coming up. There's a big golf a big golf event that <clears throat> excuse me that supports them, um, and they are the benefactors of. So liftfl.org to um, to check that out, and they really do some awesome work in the community. All right, back to the survey again. AutismSurvey.com. So I thought this was interesting, and you probably know this, but again, we said 86 percent of this survey was done by people who um, have been affected in some way by a family member with autism. So the question is, what do you believe is the current autism rate of diagnosis according to the CDC? Without looking, do you know? Without, I, I'll give you the four. You'll give me the options? Yeah, but, but without, what do you think it is? Just guess. Uh, one in 36. God, home run. You win the car. <laughs> you win the, you got a brand new car. The four options were one in every 5,050, one in every 111, one in every four, one in every 36, 
and one in every 12,500. Again, think about the people who took the survey. Yeah. 65% said one in every 36. That means 35% got it wrong. Yeah. So um, I will also tell you that 12% of this survey believes it's one in every four. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, one in every 12,500. It only got 1.4%, but still. Yeah. So again, even these are people who were directly affected by somebody with autism. And still don't know. And still don't know. Yeah. You know, one in every four. Could you imagine? No. I mean, but they, no, but the way it's happening, I wouldn't be surprised. They say we're going, they, they say as of now, like it, that would, that will be a number. Like we may see that in our life. I can't even believe that, honestly. Yeah. Like I hear crazy. that and I'm sort of like, how will we, how will we get there? What, what, what will it look like? Scary. Yeah. You talk about the grandparents and not being involved. Like, what will these families do? I don't know. It's, it's scary. Yeah. I'm just not sure what these families will do. Um, real quick, too, this is, uh, and this is the last question I want to talk about in this survey, because this is the one I was most excited about. But um, the statement is, I am more likely to vote for a political candidate who has meaningful autism policy, even if that candidate is not in my political party. Okay. So let's just say you're a Republican and you're voting for like city council or something or school board or something. And you've got somebody who is on the other side. They're, let's say, a Democrat. And you're like, you know what? I actually like what they're doing for autism. I like their policy. I like what they're talking about. I'm going to vote for them. Yeah. So you're going to cross the aisle and, and, and vote for them. As I was really interested to see what this, what, what this was going to be. And 43.8% strongly agree, 37% somewhat agree. So you're talking about basically 80% of people say that they will vote for somebody in the other political party if they have meaningful autism policy. You can't get 80% of people to agree the sun's out. Yeah. Nobody agrees with anything anymore. You know? Yeah. People just won't, they just won't agree on anything. And you're telling me 88 in 10 people are going to say, yeah, I'll vote for, uh, I'm a Democrat, I'll vote for a Republican, I'm a Republican, I'll vote for a Democrat if they have a good autism policy. I mean, that basically says to these candidates and these people making these, these policies, there's a lot of people out there that will consider voting for you and putting you in place if you do something meaningful. It's pretty, it's pretty impactful. Well, it goes back to people understanding autism, you know? But why, yeah, I, and so that's my thing now is like, why wouldn't you just sit down and understand if we're at 1 in 36, the rate, and then you've got all these people, these moms, these dads, aunts, uncles, grandparents, neighbors, friends of people who have kids on the, on the autism spectrum. Why wouldn't you spend more time coming up with something that could help your community? 80% of people might vote for you, even if they would have never voted for somebody in your party. Like, Yeah, pretty you, incredible. You've got to think about that. you got yeah. to really sit down and think about that. And like I said, that's school board or governor or whatever, city council. That's a pretty big number. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, again, autismsurvey.com to fill this out and uh, hope to get a bunch more responses. But we already have um, several hundred. So this has been uh, this has been really cool. I'm actually going to send this that question to like the local political parties when it's done. And say, listen, I don't know what you guys are doing right now. Like, I don't know what you're working on today, but maybe you should look at this and yeah. think about what you can do that would affect people in your community, like real people. 
not what looks good on Facebook or whatever, but actually get a hold of these people. Go, go talk somewhere in your community. Actually get out and do something. And you may find some people to be like, listen, I would have never voted for you before. I appreciate you doing this. Talk about this. I'm going to vote for you. That's how you win elections. Yeah, that's exactly. How you get, that's how you get put, put places. Yeah. So I think it's, um, I think it's a really uh, important thing. Uh, I want to talk about the original Krabby Bills on Indian Rocks Beach, Florida. We've finally shaken off our winter, it seems like. We're going to get into a week or two where it looks kind of warm and nice, like beachy. And that's the spot you should be. That's where you'll find us. Uh, they're great supporters of the community, and we, we appreciate their support on our autism platform, the original Krabby Bills, live music every day in the loading dock. Um, can't say enough about the raw oysters, which just always make you feel like you're on vacation. Great happy hour, a great place to be. Special needs parents, you still have to get out. You have to try to live your life. you got to enjoy yourself. The original Krabby Bills, Indian Rocks Beach, Florida. Um, that was the first restaurant we ever went to when we moved here seven years ago. Yep, we love it. And we've been going ever since. <laughs> so thank you for your support, uh, the original Krabby Bills. I want to talk about the um, the school thing because you said something yesterday that I thought was really interesting. We had a little issue with the school for a while. Um, we've talked about that before. And I think a lot of parents um, who have kids on the spectrum go through this, um, at least many. And it, our thing was like, listen, this environment is not the best for Cal. It's just, it's not for just a, whatever, a million reasons. And so we, we would like a therapist to come in with him, which in the state of Florida, you can do that. A therapist can go in with you. Of course, there's some verbiage there where the principal can decide how long. And so we were a little bit at odds with that. Got it all figured out, working together with everybody. It's good. But then you had said the other day, there's actually more therapists inside the schools now. Yeah. Th that our therapists are saying like, oh yeah, there's, there's more therapists showing up now. Yes. I'm wondering like if that's a thing where the schools are starting to go, we can't necessarily handle this anymore. You know, we need help. They'll I, never, I don't know that they'll ever say that. I think that. they do need help. Yeah. I mean, I, I, they'll never say that. But it's just kind of interesting, like, from judging how the, the stance of the school was when we first started with this, which was like, nope, nope, talk to the hand, nope, we're good, thank you. Now it's like, mm, there's more people coming in here. Yeah. There's a lot more. And, and they do need the help. I mean, I, when we started, it was definitely um, a process to get done. And now in his classroom alone, um, there's several um, ABA therapists, which they need help. Yeah. So take it. Take it from the professionals that are trained. Yeah. You know? And these are private therapists. Like these, these aren't the, these aren't with the, the. They're not provided through the school. Yeah. It's a parent asking for it. And now the school's saying, okay, sure. And don't they say that they could get you one through the school? Like they say they can. But that's what I was talking about. A one-on-one -on -one is different. They're not trained. That's basically just like and, a... And that's paid for through the school. I know, but how many of those can they actually have? Like if everybody asked them, they'd be like, we don't have... Well, they only have so, so many, right? How I, do, I, I mean, I guess it's there. I just don't know that it actually happens. You know what I mean? I'm just trying to think. If everybody was like, we need a one-on-one, -on -one, we don't have enough. I mean, you can't have a one-on-one -on -one for every kid in the program. So No, you can't. Yeah. And this, I mean... And, and having the therapist in the classroom is the parent asking, you know what I mean? Because there's paperwork you have to go through. Yeah. And it's, well, and honestly. And that's a process too. Right. And it's more than asking because you're probably going to be told no in the beginning. Everybody even said that, right? Like they're going to tell you no in the beginning. Like yeah. we can't do this. But then. But then they're also going to tell you you can't leave for therapy and you absolutely can. 
that that is something that is um, and if you're listening and you don't know this there is a florida law that says <laughs> you can take your child out of school for therapy I've their a- excuse i've actually read that the the if the principal denies it they can get in huge trouble and we've talked to a couple people like recently that said the principal's like you can't do that and i'm like are you serious like that i've heard that there those principals can get in huge trouble for that you can't just say you can't leave for therapy if there's a doctor who says this is medically necessary therapy and the principal's like, no. Well, it is medically necessary. And and therapy is important for your child. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know. I mean, by, many, saying, by saying you can't leave for therapy, like, that's a disservice to the child. And the family. Yeah. And everybody else, you know, who, who yeah. I mean, I, I just, it, it seems like we've come not a long way, but better to hear that there's more therapists in the systems. Um, I just... I just wonder, it's just interesting. It's like, hmm, I wonder like where all this is going. And then, of course, the next thing's going to be, I'm guessing, um, oh, there's so many people in this classroom now. Who are these people? Where are they coming from? <laughs> Have they been, you know, uh, do they get a background check? Like, who are these people? They're from the private sector. We don't know who they are. They're just hanging out. Well, and the therapist is supposed to be there just for the child. The individual they're, child. Yes, they're they're not, not supposed to be disrupting anything right. else in the classroom or you know, they're there for the child. I would imagine, though, the good thing, and I really like this, so I like, I think it's good where, so you have, like, the public school, but then you get, like, people from private groups coming in, and they're sort of noticing things, and inevitably, I'm sure there's, like, the therapist is, uh, you know, at some point in some situation, it's going to be like, hey, this teacher's doing this, and this isn't right, and I'm like, well, good, like, I'm glad that there's some, there, there's some eyes, you know, and on the flip side, because I'm not, I'm not being anti-teacher, the teacher may be like, this ABA therapist is, I don't know that I agree with what's going on. And then they call the, the, the mom or dad and say, this. and I'm like, cool, the more eyes in there, the better. That's how I look at exactly. it. Exactly. The more people, you know, watching and have some training, I think is the better. Like I'm all about the feedback. If something's going on and I need to know about it and the teacher's concerned, thank you. Call us. We, I want to know. Yeah. On the flip side, if our therapist is noticing a teacher that's doing, you know, that is doing something that isn't helping another child. Well, then I hope that they would call the principal and say, you need to call this kid's mom and say the teacher's doing this. Like, I just think that's better. Yeah. just I mean, it goes back to that article, you know, that news story. I think so much. Yeah. The one we played earlier. And that's horrible. I just think um, it goes back to so many parents hear these stories and they're like, I don't want to fight it. I'm exhausted. Like, I don't want to fight. Um uh, it, it's funny. We just, you know, we did a partnership um, with a woman who, who who does IEP advocacy, and we'll talk more about her in the coming weeks. Um, she's involved with our our sensory studio, my sensory studio. But you know, I was I was yesterday kind of going over her website, you know, just real quick, and I was like, wow, like I remember going through all of this stuff: the initial letters, the initial phone calls, the initial sit down meetings, the follow up emails. The um, stressful, the updated IEP and the IEP meetings. And I'm like, oh, man, it's just it's just boom, 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 boom. It's one thing after another. And I see why parents are like, I'm, I'm exhausted. I don't want to do it. I can't do it anymore. But I had to tell you, and we tell the people a lot, like we were able to get Cal therapist in there. And I don't mean like they just stop in and check on him. They're working with him all day, every day next to him. Whatever project they're doing in the classroom, they're working on it with him. If it's recess, they're right there with him. You know, everything is right along with him. And I get it. Like, that's not real life necessarily where you want him to understand that he's always going to have somebody next to him. But developmentally, being around, let's say, three, it's important. 
It's important. He's in a six and a half year old body and he's three developmentally. So he needs somebody with him. Well, and I've heard those words like he can't have somebody with him his whole life. But as his parent, I think, yes, he can. He can if that's what he needs. I mean, at home, he has somebody with him all the time until he gets developmentally where he needs to be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Until he gets to where he needs to be. I mean, I don't I, I, I get that's not real life. I, but I get, right now, that is life. But in order to get him to be alive for real life, that's what he needs now. Like, that's what a lot of people don't understand. Yes, the goal is to eventually, and that's what the therapists are doing. I mean, I mean, that's why during the day they're working on him with, hey, cow, go get your toothbrush. Cow, brush your hair. Cow, it's time to take a shower, get undressed. I mean, th- those are things he needs. I mean, our other kids were like, go take a shower. They just go take a shower. Well, that's a lie. We do have to tell them like three times, which is annoying. But, but we didn't have to teach them how to do it. They right. just learned. They just, I mean, developmentally, they were just picked it up. Like they understood what it was. He needs to. He needs help. He needs to go through a therapy process to understand what, what that is. He had to learn how to go to school. He had to learn to sit in a chair. He had to learn to walk to recess. He, he's now learning to go through the lunch line. Yeah, yeah, it's a good but point. But I, I want to say something real quick. Um, so there <laughs> okay. is therapy in school. Like, they have OT, PT, speech, all that. Great. Not for, but it's, yeah, but I want to tell people so they don't get all excited. It's one, it's not for your child specifically. Yeah, you could be in a group right. or it's your child for 30 minutes. But if your doctor's saying that you need two, uh, two, um, two hours of OT a week, you are getting that outside of school. That's up to you to go get that for yourself. And as far as ABA therapy, I remember when Cal was diagnosed, they were like, he needs 10 to 20 hours a week of ABA. And I was mind blown because I'm like, how am I going to fit this in? Little did you know. You do fit it in, but like there's no ABA in school. And if somebody goes, well, my school has a behavioral um, specialist. Yes, they do for the entire school. Mm Mm-hmm. That one behavioral specialist is for the entire school. So that's saying even typical kids that are acting up, that that behavioral specialist isn't just for your kid. Right. Do you understand? Yeah. No, I I understand. I know you understand. Your face <laughs> Do you is, understand? Your face is like... Well, because I was trying to... Well, I was putting myself in a place of somebody who didn't understand, and I think that may have confused him a little bit, but I understand. It's okay. a process. We're, yeah, we... Well, I mean, I'm just telling people. If the radio show is only this, an hour. We're not gonna we're not gonna help everybody in this one, but we're trying. We'll get there. We'll get I know, there. and we'll, yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, all right, real quick, I want to say thank you to Fun Factory Sensory Gym. Um, they were the masterminds behind my sensory studio. I want you to search them on YouTube. Their videos are unbelievable. They build these sensory experiences. It could be in your house. It could be in a school, a church, a therapy center, a hospital. Fun Factory Sensory Gym. Absolutely awesome creations. Um, I just we we thought like okay, we want to do this concept, a private sensory studio. We called them. We're like, what would this look like? How would this all? And it all started with like a drawing on paper. Remember? And they would send us screenshots. Yeah. And it was like, well, that's how that's cool. And then there was another drawing. And then they did a three D rendering. And then it was like, oh, it's man. amazing. It, their processes, um, really absolutely. Awesome. So Fun Factory Sensory Gym, um, we appreciate them. They, they've been the absolute best. Also, uh, I want to say thank you to Aeroflow Urology, providing um, free diapers if you have a special needs child over three, possibly free through Medicaid or your insurance. Go to dailyautism.com and click the Aeroflow Urology button. Special needs parents don't think about the, the expense of diapers for 
every month, maybe for years, maybe for the entire life of the child, and then obviously into adulthood. And Aeroflow Urology um, can help you do that. Again, dailyautism.com, Aeroflow Urology button. Um, again, not only free, delivered to your door. So you don't have to do those diaper runs. Um, that is something that could be very, very important for your family. Dailyautism.com and click the Aeroflow Urology button to see if you qualify. I also wanted to mention there is a contest going on uh, across our platforms for a sensory bag. We're doing this from My Sensory Studio, which is our private play gym, sensory gym in Pinellas County, Florida. We're in Seminole, um, just a little outside of St. Pete. Um, but this uh, contest is going on through the 15th, through February the 15th. On our social pages, specifically Instagram and TikTok, and you can link to those at dailyautism.com. We um, we have a book tree in the um, in the studio, and so we put some books on it. And it's this is like the easiest contest to enter ever. Um, you just got to count how many books are on it, post it, and then we will randomly select an account and send you a sensory gift bag. Stuff is actually really super cool. I even think that that's kind of neat. But all of these um, sensory uh, uh, toys and uh, mini hardware and things like that. But again, that contest is available on our platform, dailyautism.com. Um, just look for the contest on our TikTok or on our Instagram pages. Uh, that said, while you're there, link up with us on LinkedIn where we have the autism newsletter. This is the autism newsletter for parents. It comes out bi-weekly. We basically look at the um, top stories of the week that are related to autism, autism research, uh, or anything that parents may find some value in. We also post some of the news stories like we did, uh, we covered earlier in this radio show about the teacher in Florida and her aide and uh, why uh, they now are involved uh, with the police, unfortunately. Well, fortunately, we're glad the police are involved, uh, but we cover all of those stories as well all week on our LinkedIn pages, which again, you can get to at dailyautism.com. I also want to mention uh, AngelSense and angelsense.com. You can see some of the interviews that we just did with AngelSense. This is much more than a GPS tracking device. Although it does that, um, it is a lot more. You, you will read and hear so many stories about children on the spectrum who just take off. Uh, it's called eloping. And sometimes it's, you know, hey, they get out, they run. Um, many of them are water seekers. Other times, it's their mistakes that are made by other people. For instance, um, there's a woman named Melissa, and I just interviewed her. And again, you can get this across all of our social channels. On the first day of her child going to school and riding a bus to a public school, her son was put on the wrong bus and taken to the wrong school. And can you imagine how she felt when she got a call an hour into school from the principal and said, why did your child not show up for the first day of school? And that is how the first day of school went for her and her son. Um, for over an hour, she was frantic trying to find her son and had no idea. Eventually, of course, the son was found safe. Uh, he was taken to a school that he should not have been at, and they didn't know what to do with them, so he was there. But it took over an hour, uh, I think maybe actually a couple hours, going back to the interview, to find her son. So that is when she went on the journey to learn about AngelSense and this uh, GPS tracking device. But again, so much more. You can be notified instantly if your child uh, leaves their routine. You can notify people in the area of their coordinates, their exact location. And also, 
um, the assistive speakerphone. You can actually tap in and communicate with your child, uh, listen to what's going on, and, of course, they can communicate back with you if need be. Angelsense.com. There's so many stories um, about how this device, first off, how people have found the device because something has happened that's been traumatic, but then when they got the device, how it's saved so many people from so many potentially really, really dangerous situation. So I would invite you to listen to the interviews across our channels at dailyautism.com. Um, you know, the process leading up to a child being put on a wrong bus, dropped off at the wrong school, and then how um, Angel Sense was found. But, you know, the other component of this, too, is bullying. If you think something is going on, and again, you can tap in and listen. Nobody uh, can see the device. Nobody will know that it's, th that it's with your child, wherever you want to put it. They also offer a watch um, for people who uh, maybe a little bit older and can can use that. Um, but right now, Cal, for instance, um, you know, he, he's got the little hidden device. Um, it's either in his pocket, it's in his backpack, it's wherever we want to put it. Um, but that is, uh, that is certainly an option as well. And I think it's a good component for bullying if you're concerned about them being in an environment where, you know, we're not really sure what's going on and we just want to make sure. We just want to listen in and make sure that everything's good. Uh, and again, you can link uh, to them at dailyautism.com. I know they were put on some uh, Florida uh, Medicaid options, um, so you can um, you can research that. The device itself is free, uh, and then, of course, there are subscription plans um, for you. Dailyautism.com, that is the link to all of us online, all of our channels, our newsletters, America's Autism Hotline, which is 877-344-ATSM. Again, we talked about the newsletter. Uh, and uh, all of our podcasting episodes. And that, of course, is where you can learn about our sensory studio, the first of its kind, a private sensory studio in Pinellas County, one family at a time. You own a 1,000 square feet of what I call sensory heaven. So feel free to check that out online, and we will see you online 24-7 at dailyautism.com.